Hello, Michael, just getting the music set up and we'll get started. If you could please um, tweet out the room, I'd appreciate it so we can get more people here. Hey, Zach, just getting started. We'll be uh, ready in about two minutes, just getting the music set up.
Welcome everyone to uh, today's Stoner Sunday service. It is the 9th of July at 7.04 p.m. and we are just getting started. I am Pastor Pothead. I am an ordained Christian pastor through the International Council of Community Churches, fully ordained and trained, seminary degree and all. Um, this is a completely open service. Everyone is welcome. The, the, the promise is services last no more than 30 minutes. And we, we invite everyone. We are, we're all about, you know, letting everyone come and join us and, and sharing not only the word of God, but just the word of love that, that comes from us. So let us pray. Father, we come before you today with humble hearts. We praise you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your many blessings in our lives. And we ask for your guidance and wisdom as we go through this church service. Help us to open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. Amen. So today's service um, is based on a reading out of Acts 9. This is, uh, normally I read from the message, but today I'm going to pick a different version that I think fits um, really what I'm trying to explain. And as soon as I can find it, um, I will, there we go, the New International Version. So this is Acts 9, um, it's the New International Version of the Bible, and it's titled Saul's Conversion. These are the words of the Lord. So meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if we found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what to do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They had heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for the next three days, he was blind. He did not eat or drink of anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Anasius. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man for Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, he answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said, go. 
This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then he went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and you could see again. He got up, he was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. These are the words of our Lord. Before we get into the sermon and the prayer for the sermon, I am going to play one more song that really, I think, helps set up um, where my sermon is going. So this is Amazing Grace, but done just a little different.
Lord, help me to speak your word with faithfulness, clarity, authority, passion, wisdom, humility, and liberty. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about woke. It's, it's become a rallying cry for what one side calls completely evil and the other side has kind of lost their way. So let's talk about this idea of woke. And woke really, um, in my eyes, starts way back when Paul was walking down that road and God blinded him. And for three days, Paul only had the ability to see what was in him and not see what was outside of him. And in those three days, he had an opportunity to truly see and meet with, with Christ. And when his eyes were opened, when, when the blinders were taken off, he could suddenly see the evil he had been doing for years to the, to the new Christians in the name of Judaism. Now, in, in the U.S., and really across the world, but mostly in the U.S., I, I, I see wokeness as something that, and I'm really speaking from, from a quote from Demare Smith out of San Diego State University. And, and Demare said, there's a lot of things in language that have the same meaning, but just have different terminology. And she would argue that woke really started around the early 1960s and 70s with the black power movement and civil rights issues of the time. They just didn't call it woke back there. They called it consciousness. The idea of woke really is that you have opened your eyes to the evil around the world and you suddenly can see it. It's not that it wasn't there before. It's just that you were oblivious to what was going on because it just wasn't in your face. It wasn't something you had to be awoken to. And as Christians, I believe that we have a, a part of our mission, our need to truly be Christians is to be woke in that. We should be able to see the evil going on in this world, namely that evil that's being done in the name of God as opposed to in the name of what it really is, which is evil. See, up until people like George Floyd and stuff, we knew that we knew that there was racism and, and that within the US. We just wanted to hide ourselves from it. It didn't affect us. Went to the grocery store every day. We did our stuff every day. We saw things every day. And as a normal old everyday white folk, the, the strife of others did not affect me. And then, you know, we, we did something completely unbelievable that should have been one of the most amazing things that happened in the United States. And that's we elected Barack Obama. And yes, I apologize. This service is going to be somewhat political and somewhat religious, but I believe it's the religiousness that drives my political thoughts and not my ideology that drives my religiousness. Because up until Donald Trump entered office, I was a Republican myself. Now, I was a small government, lower, a small federal government, big state government Republican. I believe that states really should do more taxing than the feds, that the federal role was really to provide for national defense and for interstate commerce. And for those things the states agreed upon that we needed to manage from a larger picture. picture. And then the states themselves could manage those things that could be managed regionally 
based upon the wants and needs of the people that lived there. That wasn't the republicanism that I was sitting in um, when Donald Trump was elected. And suddenly you started to really see, I started to really see the true differences in the world. And I started to realize that what Christ was calling me to me did not allow for that. My, my ability to be blind to the strife of others needed to change. I needed to be able to see it so that I could speak out against it and do things for it. And in that moment, the moment my eyes opened and I started to really see what was going on in the world, I myself was awoken to that. I became woke. My eyes were, I was blind and suddenly I could see. It, it's this important movement within the U.S. that truly, I think, fits more within the movement of Christianity than people are willing to accept. You know, the Jews were, were slaves in the Old Testament, and God came down and, and gave unto Moses the ability to, you know, let my people go. And he basically did the first jailbreak of, of slaves, the first real push to eliminate the, you know, this this idea of slavery from a, from that, the perspective of you are my prisoner, you of my slave, to now we are no longer slaves to you. You know, we, we walk a different way. We suddenly see how badly, not only just treating us, but everyone else, our eyes have been opened. And we see it again and again in history as we start to realize things change. You know, the President Lincoln and the freeing of slaves was another chance for the U.S. to suddenly be awakened to the real evil that was going on in the idea of industry. You know, the use of slaves as labor as opposed to paying your labor. You didn't need to pay them, which meant that you can make more profit, which, which was awful. And then, you know, we get to women suffraging and, and the fact that they should be treated the same as men and they should have the ability to vote. And that was a big change. And as, as, the world slowly grows, not just the U.S., but all of the world is slowly growing itself. It's slowly becoming awoke. It's slowly becoming awoken to the true evils of the world. Yet there are still people, Christians, who who consider and use that idea of wokeness to really be an evilness, and they and they do it with this name of. You know, this idea that wokeness is bad, that, that seeing the evil is wrong because now you're going to make another group feel bad. But that, that, that's not the direction and the idea of it. It's this ability to suddenly see what is wrong and a chance for us as people, as Christians, to go out and change that word, to change what's going on, to change the world. And I truly believe that we as Christians need to be woke ourselves. We need to open our eyes and really see what's going on, really understand what is behind the messages and the things that we, we work towards and the things we do. And is it really, truly work toward you know, peace and love for all people, or is it just peace and love for you? And that's the moment that you start opening your eyes when you start seeing what you're doing might not always be what is for everyone, but it's more aimed at you. So the ultimate idea of wokeness then becomes this ability to see what we do that is selfish for us 
as opposed to what we do that, it, that is not done in selfishness, but just done in love. And eliminating what's done in selfishness to truly bring in what's done in love. And as Christians, that's what we're called. We're called to spread love. We're called to share love. So I think this idea of going blind and, and seeing that Paul goes through in Acts, that, that multiple people go through across the Bible, is this idea of slowly awakening yourself to see the evil in the world and to finally be able to not only see it, but once you see it, to be able to step in and take a stand against it. So I'm asking you all, here in the room, to do something that might be uncomfortable, but I'm asking you to, to wake up yourselves, to take a good hard look within and without and see those things that are done more in the act of selfishness than the act of love, and to avoid those things done in the act of selfishness to do the things that are done in love. Let us pray. Loving God, fill my heart with the love that you freely give. Make love my first and last thoughts. May I love others freely to give them to them. Make my spirit a spirit of joy, happiness, and love for both my friends and my enemies. Help me love as abundantly as you have loved me. Amen. So I'm going to play another song, and as this song plays, I'm going to ask you if if you have any prayer requests, there are a couple ways to do it because we, um, in last week, realized some things. If you're okay with publicly saying what your prayer request is, please click the little bubble at the bottom of the screen, put your prayer request there, and I will add it. If if you're if you don't want to be specific on what you're praying for, you can be as vague as you want. If you want to privately send me your prayer request, you are welcome to shoot me a DM. And I will add you to our prayer list without actually reading out what you want us to pray for. That way we can keep it private between you and me and, and God and yet still pray for it. So this next song is, as soon as I find the button, there we go. Um, My Chains Are Gone by Chris Tomlin.
Lord, we ask you to watch over us, to watch over our family, our friends, our loved ones. We ask you to hold Whitney and Hardestry and Michael and Darlene in your thoughts and prayers. I ask that you watch over my wife and my children and all of our, wife, all of our families. We ask that we find peace one day in this world and that we're able to continue to go forward and move forward every day of our lives. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. As we get close to the end of service, and wow, I, I went, I actually went a little long. We're almost at 7.30. Um, we're at to that part of church that everyone loves. You know, the tithing part where I ask you all for lots of money. But, you, but everyone who's been here before knows that's just not me. Um, I don't need you to send me any money. In fact, don't. You can send NFTs, you know, pastorpothead.eth, but that's different. Um, we're all, you know, I'm going to ask you to do your tithing in the way that I believe God has called us all to tithe, and that is to go out in our communities where we live, we work, whether online, in real life, and take time to donate your time, treasure, or talents to help that community grow, to, to show your love. You know, mow your neighbor's lawn take an elderly neighbor to the grocery store, um, something as simple as, as, you know, calling a loved one and letting them know that you really love them. Do something of yourself that really helps the world around you to get better. And in that way, I believe that you have done the tithing you need to do with God. Um, and we are now at the end of that. So let us pray one more time. We're end of church. Um, here we go. Let's pray. God, we thank you for meeting us here tonight and for delivering your word. May each soul in this place be touched through the songs and the preaching and may each take to heart the word that came forth. We pray that those seeking an answer received it and those that needed a special touch were granted that touch. Bless each of us and keep us safe until we're able to gather together again. Now I ask those of you who are listening to go into this world with confidence, trust that Christ is walking with you, and go be a beacon of light in our dark, dark world. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Um, I appreciate it as always. And I will see you all same time, same bat channel next Sunday. Have a great one, guys.